Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Golf Life Alberta podcast. This is season two, episode five. I am your host, Leah Snethin, here with my co-host, Ryan O'Neill, and we have a special guest co-host today, Josh Strukoff. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Josh, you're a bit of a, uh, a local celebrity. We were talking a little bit earlier about this. This is a, this is a big deal for Leah and I. <laughs> I assure you, it's a much bigger deal for me. This is actually my first podcast appearance. So What? Uh, How is that possible? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are glad to pop your podcast, Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say your last name right, Josh? I've actually always just said it like that, and I never knew if it was correct or not. No, you nailed it. Oh, sweet. Right on. Now, I guess Ryan, Ryan's got like celebrity jitters, I feel like, around you. So I know we, when we were at DM Golf Performance last weekend doing some recording with Shannon, which we still need mm-hmm. to get up on the website, you had your hat set out there. And so Cody actually snapped a little photo of your selection and sent it to Ryan and made him very jealous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. oh, yeah. And I, I told Josh I'm fanboying already. I'm wearing his hat as we're doing this, uh, as we're doing this recording. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm pretty excited about this. <laughs> uh, very, very much appreciate the support guys. And yeah, Shannon, uh, a DM golf performance is a, a good supporter as well. We see her once a week for our fitness training and she's getting us into shape for the thing. So that's perfect. Now, Josh, you have, we're just going to hop right in here. You have a blog called golf is mental and that's kind of your overall brand and your hats and all that kind of stuff. Now, why did you start writing a blog and why did you choose golf is mental well i sort of started the blog on a bit of a whim actually it was back in 2013 back when beth and i my wife were in the dating phase we took our first ever golf trip together to pebble beach that's and a pretty yeah, solid we kind of just dove right in <laughs> <laughs> no kidding Nothing like going big right we just, right when you know it's a good thing you know it's a good thing so no big no big deal there um yeah so yeah, we went we went down there, and uh, a buddy of ours was down there as well. So we played golf with him, and you know, I just that whole experience was really cool. It kind of um, as much as I've always been passionate about the game and know how it can connect people, that trip really opened my eyes to how much golf really does connect you with people you know through the experiences you share so after that i had things i wanted to say about it and so i created a forum to do that and the name golf is mental just sort of came to me it's a bit of a play on words as i'm sure you know (laughs) so i just started it and wrote about that first trip (laughs) and um and i kind of just let it go from there was never really a calculated thing where I started it with a plan or I didn't know anything about I didn't even know about Twitter or any of that stuff I just started writing and it just sort of happened naturally and one thing led to another and now I'm you know making hats and traveling and all that kind of stuff and it is still uh you know sort of my side hustle doesn't doesn't pay the bills but it's sort of where my heart is at that was going to be one of my follow-up questions to this Josh was is there a long-term goal for the blog or is it just kind of yeah yeah, like like you said, a side hustle and something that you can do just to maybe get away from uh, everyday life. 
Yeah, it is. It's kind of a way to, you know, live my passion on a on a daily basis. I wouldn't necessarily say I have, you know, goals or plans to make it full time or a career. I think part of what makes it so enjoyable is that I don't depend on it to put food on the table or pay the bills or whatnot. Mm -hmm. It sort of frees me up to say what I want, write about what I want. And I think that, you know, in turn makes it uh, a little bit more genuine. You know, or it allows frees me up to be a bit more genuine because I'm not really afraid about uh, what people are going to say about it or what people are going to think. I can just say what's on my mind and um, totally and be okay with that. That's but some we'll, inspiring we'll stuff. I don't want to. I don't want to say it would never, you know, turn into something more. But you know, I I kind of just take it day by day, like like I do with golf. You know, one one hole at a time, one one round at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, speaking of which, we don't have this question in here, but I'm curious, what's your handicap? Uh, right now, my index, I believe, is around four. Maybe it's 4.1 or 4.2. So I definitely have a goal to get that down. Uh, my goal is to be a scratch golfer. And that's a little bit what I write about on the blog as well, that personal journey to to improve and the ups and downs uh, associated with that. So that, that's where I stand right now. I've you know, struggled off and on with some back stuff and whatnot, but Shannon's helping me out with that, getting fitter and getting the glutes firing. So I'm looking forward to a good season and, and chiseling away at that handicap, getting it a little closer to zero. So that's champ flight then, Leah, then. We got to watch out for him in the champ flight. Well, I'm pretty sure that's the same index you have, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I think Josh and I could probably go on a few mandates, depending on how this podcast oh, goes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You're going to have to ask Beth about be, that. We're going to be competitors on the Alberta Golf Tour. Perfect. I like it. Actually, I'm going off the script again. Um, this is just channeling more and more questions. Now, you have played the Riley's Match Play, right? Is that what it's still called? Yes. Um, and yeah, you it's called, yeah, it's called the Riley's, yeah. So yeah, I play with Fred Tino. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me about how that experience is. And I know you guys have, have had some serious success as a team. You know, we've actually done, done pretty good. I'm getting a little tired of carrying him all the time. Um, Fred? But yeah, <laughs> you know, but he shows up once in a while and we do a pretty good job. We've got, we've got pretty good chemistry, get along with Fred really well. Um, I obviously joke about carrying him. He's a, he's a good player. He's a, one of the fine golf professionals at the Calgary Golf and Country Club. And we have a lot of, we have a lot of good times. So last season, we unfortunately lost our first match, but the nice thing about the Rileys is if you lose your first match, you go to the consolation side, and that's what happened. But then we rattled off five or six uh, straight wins to to win the consolation side last year and made it to the final, which is held at Canyon Meadows every year, uh, which was a great event. They really do the CGA, the Calgary Golf Association, put does a really good job of putting it on. And yeah, it was it was really good. In fact, the semifinal we actually we played at Canyon as well, and we had, I think it was a five or a six hole playoff to oh, get wow. to the final. And it, and it went until 11 p.m. We were playing in pitch black, but none of us had any time. There were no days that worked to finish the match. So we just had to keep playing in the dark. <laughs> and somehow wow. <laughs> Fred on the on that part, on the ninth hole, that par three, he, we, we all hit the green actually. And, and somehow Fred from about 15 feet, who couldn't even see the hole, managed to rattle one in for birdie and, and sent us to the final. <laughs> so wow. that was pretty exciting. That was a big, kind of a big highlight of my limited competitive golf career so Were you it's, playing it's been against a lot of Maddie Freeman um no no 
we weren't. We were actually playing against guys from Wintergreen. Oh, okay. Um, but we we had just decided we had actually it was funny. The year before we played the same guys and we were supposed to play at their course, but we lured them to our course and beat them. So when we faced them again, we decided <laughs> we thought it would be fair to play on neutral turf. Neutral, so yeah. we went Matt, yeah, and Matt Freeman was nice enough to to let us play there for the semifinal. Um, so we played on neutral turf and beat them again. <laughs> that is awesome. That's exciting. Well, you know about Fred in his defense, you know what they say that CPGA actually stands for, right? I don't actually. Can't play golf anymore. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would be the first one to tell you that that's true. I know he doesn't. It's a it's a busy life in the summer for our golf professionals. Um, you know, they're taking care of the members and letting us play golf. So I think he would be the first one to say that that's actually true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and yes, it goes yeah. in both ways for, well, physically, they don't actually get to play golf because they don't have time, which then no. spirals into them actually not having the skill that they once had to become golf professionals. Exactly. <laughs> and, they're around golf a lot. Oh, yes. They're trying to help us play better golf. Exactly. And their, their game inevitably suffers a little bit. But well, it sounds like he, Fred's he not finds, doing too he bad. Finds just, he finds just enough time to stay sharp enough for the Rileys. Well, there you go. <laughs> so just sticking with, again, the golf is mental brand that we kind of mentioned earlier, Josh. I want to talk about the hats. Uh, I've mentioned them yeah. a couple times already. Um, I think they're awesome because they're not your typical hats. Um, where are you getting the inspiration for, for these logos, for these designs? Like I'm personally, I, the persimmon and golfer's best, best friend are, are my favorite, but you know, where are you getting the yeah. inspiration for these? <laughs> I don't know. They just, they just kind of come to me really. Um, you know, I kind of got, I don't want to say I got tired of regular golf hats, but I sort of got tired of them and I just thought it would be cool to wear a hat that had my branding on it, but I didn't want to make it just about my brand or my logo I wanted to make something unique that's kind of cool like you know I don't necessarily need someone to look at a hat and say from a distance oh that's like a golf is mental hat I just want someone to look at it and say that's a cool hat where'd you get it from you know I want one so I just kind of try and come up with unique ideas I have the one with you know the mountains on it and the guy carrying a golf bag it's sort of a local vibe to it here in Alberta and other ones. I just, you know, things I love about the game, you know, the persimmon one. Um, I just like that old school stuff and, you know, the ones with the golf tees, the breaking 70 hat, just stuff like that. I don't know. It just, it just kind of comes to me. And I have a, a friend of mine, Tommy Dodge, who has a company called TD design and he does the design files for me. So I brainstorm the ideas and he helps bring them to life so that we can get them made. And it's uh, a huge help. He does a great job. And yeah, we just keep plugging away. <laughs> I would say the, like the, the settle up hat really speaks to me. Like I'm always, yeah, I'm not losing often, but I have had to buy my fair share of beers uh, over the, over the years. Um, and I mean, I'm seeing a lot of exposure of the hats through Instagram, I'm following you on Instagram, of course, but any, any big names, any big names that you got wearing your hat? Um, I've got a few, you know, a few professionals wearing these web.com guys, uh, Lee McCoy, oh, that's cool. 
yeah he sent me a he sent me a direct message on twitter and he's telling me how much he liked the hats so i got a couple down to him um and yeah there's been there's been a few people expressing interest and wanting to get in hats a couple lpga players have them they really like the golfer's best friend with a dog on it like anyone with a dog just needs to have one yeah exactly (laughs) i mean i've never i've never seen a golf hat with a dog on it before and i think i mean i love dogs i don't have a dog i wish i had a dog or you know our lifestyle just doesn't uh, allow it right now and i think dogs especially well-behaved dogs should be allowed on more golf courses and so i just thought it would be cool to have that on a hat and sort of promote that concept of dogs on golf courses i think it's a good well, that's fit. that's the one i'm wearing right now i i really like it yeah like, i got it a little late into the season last year so i didn't actually get to rep it on the golf course but i plan on busting it out regularly when uh, when the snow finally melts speaking of that's fantastic dogs on the golf course i know woodside allows dogs like later on sunday afternoons do you guys know of any other golf courses that do allow they? dogs yes um well uh, this isn't in alberta unfortunately but predator ridge in bc i know it's dog friendly i'm not sure about the golf course itself what the rules are but i know their resort is dog friendly so that's the only other course i know of around here huh ryan is there any the edmonton area yeah 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 i was gonna say nothing comes to mind but i think uh we're gonna talk to this a little bit uh, about this a little bit later but i think if we got dogs on the golf course maybe we could get uh, my girlfriend actually to play with me once so um if if there's any courses in the area there you go (laughs) yeah woodside in airdrie on sunday afternoons i know for sure does that so you might have to take a little trip down south ryan all right josh um we hear that you're off on yet another warm vacation for golfing. So, <laughs> yeah, you're heading to Palm Springs tomorrow? Yes, we are. Finally, it's been a long winter here in Alberta. So looking forward to getting down and playing a little golf. We're going to be visiting. It's kind of the annual trip to visit the in-laws, best parents, winter there for a few months every year. So it's nice to go down and visit them and squeeze in a little golf while we're there. Excellent. I, I, I went to Vegas, Josh, and I thought I was getting away from this Alberta weather. And I got, uh, I think, eight degrees was my high. Yeah, so... it's, been, it's been bad and in the desert and even the California coast. It's been cold and they've been getting a lot of rain. But luckily, it looks like things are turning around for our trip. So I'm very excited and feeling fortunate about that. Perfect timing then. Yeah. I, I looked up the weather forecast for Palm Springs before I told Josh that I hated him. So and I proceeded <laughs> to tell him that I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't mind. Totally yeah. worth it. <laughs> so where do you play down there? And like, what are your favorite courses since this is kind of an annual trip? Yeah, well, best parents live in a, in a community that has two golf courses. So those are super convenient. You just sort of hop out the front door and a minute later you're at the first tee so we'll play those at that's at sun city um they're called the mountain vista golf courses so they're they're fun to play we usually go out and play a couple other courses this time we're going to play desert willow which is one of our favorite places to go and they have a killer patio there to have lunch and a beer afterwards and where else are we playing uh we're gonna get to play the palms golf club um, which is a private club we've never played before so feeling fortunate to go check that place out um so stay tuned on that and yeah we haven't played a ton there 
Um, but we, you know, we dabble a few courses here and there. The golf there is good. It's not, you know, necessarily mind blowing. Like the options are mind blowing and the quantity of golf is, is mind blowing, but it's just a lot of like, you know, pretty good golf. And it's a, it's fun to just get away in the winter <laughs> when it's snowy here and get some reps in closer to spring. So I'm looking forward to it. That's pretty cool that you're playing Desert Willow because actually, I don't know if you had followed along last year, but my son Tyler was in the Callaway World Junior Championships down there and they actually play it. Last year it was at seven. This year it's going to be at nine different golf courses and Desert Willow is actually where we ended up staying at the resort there. And oh, great. Uh, this year his age division gets to play Desert Willow. I don't know which track, but yeah, we're pretty pumped to hopefully go back this year that's great yeah they they have two courses there and they're they're both pretty good so either either one i'm sure he'll have a great time can't go wrong hey josh you had mentioned that you uh your big your first big golf trip with beth was to pebble um and again i've seen many photos of your uh trips uh to hawaii to you know the, the west coast what are some of the kind of the bigger name courses favorite courses that you've played and you got any maybe trip recommendations for anyone that's maybe still looking to get away um yeah we've been we've been fortunate to play some pretty good courses a lot of them on the west coast of the united states um and canada uh, also obviously pebble beach and the courses there another hidden gem by pebble beach pacific grove golf links is one of my favorites it's the local muni there and the back nine amongst the ocean dunes is just incredible and it's like $50 to walk well for 18 holes but you can also just go and show up to play the back nine which a lot of people do at, at sunrise or sunset and it's just amazing uh, poppy hills another good course by pebble beach for people going to that area that might not want to spend all the big money on pebble beach can go play poppy hills for 100 or 150 dollars They've done a recent renovation there, which is fantastic. I highly recommend it. It's super underrated. Uh, and other courses on the West Coast, have, we've been to Bandon and played all the courses there. That's obviously comes highly recommended. That's like a golfer's, yeah, hate That's safe like, haven, like, cool. Yeah, it, it like with exception of going to perhaps Scotland, which I haven't done yet, but is on the list to do soon. Bandon is might be you know as good as it gets for a golf trip with four amazing courses a par three course there and their putting courses and all that other stuff an amazing practice practice facility obviously that comes highly recommended and you can actually get some sneaky good weather in the winter months we played it in late february early march and got amazing weather and the rates are much more reasonable so that's something to look out for too it's really it's not cheap in the summer but shoulder season winter you can actually get some good weather and much better rates and yeah we've played some good golf in hawaii as well kapalua plantation course is one of my favorites it's actually uh, undergoing a renovation right now by Coor and crenshaw so i'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out it's you know a great course that is surely going to be even better so i'd like to go back and play that uh, once the renovation is done and yeah where else have we been victoria golf club on vancouver island we played 
um, last this past September, and that blew me away. It's now one of my favorite courses I've ever played. It's you know 6,400 yards on a tiny property of under 100 acres. It's just really fun, and I don't I don't want to call it quirky, but it's just it is it is kind of quirky. But it's isn't it crazy? Of, like you feel like you're yeah. like teeing off over other fairways and trying not yeah, to hit people. Everything's, yeah, like everything's so <laughs> everything's so close together, which makes it great for walking. And I don't know, just there's so many ocean holes. It's in my review of Victoria that I published, I called it, a, uh, or I said, if Pebble Beach and Pasatiempo had a baby and shipped it up to Canada, it would be Victoria. And that's that's <laughs> okay. kind of what it feels like. And okay. yeah, I, forgot yeah. to, I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention Pasatiempo when I was talking about the Pebble Beach area, but just an hour north of Pebble Beach is Pasatiempo and Santa Cruz, which is an Alistair McKenzie design, which is a must play as well. Um, but it sort of like the greens and some of the bunkering sort of felt like that. It, yeah, it's, it's undergone a lot of work in the last 10 years by Jeff Minge, which I actually did a Q Q and a with him on the blog and he's a really great Canadian course architect, um, really knows his stuff and has done some great work. So highly recommend you know playing any courts that he's ever put his hands on <laughs> for sure yeah i was gonna say josh we share the uh fact that we both played kapalua so i too am very much looking forward to the reno and yeah. uh, whenever i do decide to go back i i owe it some redemption i played it oh, almost 10 years ago now um and i wasn't maybe the stud for handicap golfer that i am today <laughs> when i played it back then but um yeah i mean just breathtaking views and uh, we got to play it just as the sun was oh. setting as we walked up 18 so oh, that's uh, that's perfect yeah and the it scale, was like magical the, the scale of the property is just unbelievable like it's hard to it's hard to describe and pictures don't do it justice you just have to go play it it's exactly it's yeah fine i will <laughs> <laughs> sorry leah this is this is back on bro date sort of talk so it's just for josh and i Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. I'll just have a talk about Victoria with Josh and leave you out of that one then. Okay. okay. We were just talking about that one the other day. Were we not? Yeah, we were. It, I, I think I surprised you when I said I used to live on the island, but I was, I was very little. So I have no golfing experience on the island, but I did live there for a short period of time. And I, the, from what I do remember, it was just pretty much 20 degrees every single day and, and just perfect um, for life in Canada, really. You don't have to deal with snow and you're always at the ocean. And I think it's only a matter of time that I go back and actually golf there. You need to, for sure. Now, Josh, uh, you've got a pretty big social media, especially on Twitter. Uh, for example, right before recording this, you posted to see if anyone had any questions for you because you were coming on the podcast and you got more replies than Ryan and I ever did. So <laughs> I think uh, we can safely say you're this, uh, a celebrity, Josh, is what we're getting at here. Uh, I'll I'll take it, but I don't think that I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask you about one thing that I keep seeing because I saw it on the weekend, and then obviously when you posted your tweet this evening, I saw it again tonight. Same guy. What's your What's your deal with mallet putters on tour? Oh, mallet putters. <laughs> Where do I even begin? <laughs> 
<laughs> go on yeah you know i think it just goes to show like all these all these scandals on tour and these you know questionable ethics things you know the mallet putter is just you know another crutch for these tour players to gain an advantage <laughs> how so go go on i'm so curious about this no, just... i hit a blade myself but so like whatever yeah. but go on no, for full full disclosure it's just it's just a strong personal preference of mine that i enjoy the blade putter it's a little bit more old school for me and i just like the way it looks i'm not a big fan of the the spaceship looking putter so i just like to i like to play on that and yeah mike johnny is always a a thorn in my side there reminding me of how well mallet putters are doing on tour these days it just (laughs) just rots me to see someone like rory using this huge spaceship and dj obviously has been using one for a while now although he won a u.s open without it and still switched but yeah i mean it's there they obviously work for a lot of people and and i'm um, you know i hate to admit this but i'm okay with um i am of the mindset of you know you got to do what works for you and whatever gives you whatever gives you confidence i think i think putting is a lot um to do with mindset and you know good putters could putt well with anything but you know like i said golf is mental so you know guys go crazy and you just need to switch it up and you got to blame your putter because you can never blame yourself and all that so i'm I'm actually okay with it but it, it's fun to mess around with i'm not going to ruin our budding relationship uh ship here josh with the fact that i play a mallet putter yes um, i was so hoping that, that was the case i hope that doesn't uh affect things going forward well, it was here, nice. it's but... been nice it's been nice talking to you guys um... <laughs> uh, so good hey now that brings up something else um now i can't remember if you tweeted about this too on the weekend i think you might have um mm-hmm. oh this new rule where where they can fix spike marks on the green yet when they miss a yeah. short putt, they're still tapping down on some supposed spike marks. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh. it's never your fault. It's no. It's never your fault. It's never? A, it's, a, it's a game of survival out there. If, if you start blaming yourself, it's just going to eat you alive. So it's it's always something else. Yeah. I think John John Ram is is the perfect example of this. It's like it's ingrained him in him to the point where he's fixing the the spike mark regardless of if there is actually a spike mark or not. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about perception. Well, Serge did it quite a few times, did he not, this weekend? <laughs> who's maybe, that? Didn't Sergio do it this weekend several times? Oh, probably. Yeah. Or maybe you. Hey, just... you know what? Speaking of which, sorry if you like him, but it's well-known fact that I don't. Did you guys see that video? They were doing, is guy doing an interview on TV and in the background, sorry, I call him Duchambeau. Duchambeau <laughs> like stabs the green with his putter. Yeah, oh he did. Yeah, and God. then he fixed it right away. Yeah, <laughs> did you see that? Really? Probably not. I did. Yeah. No, actually, I did see it. I, I did right. see it. I, I think this is a good segue, though, Josh. Again, based on you know, we see you commenting a lot on Twitter on, on certain things. What do you think is kind of the, the the trendy thing right now to talk about or to get the tr- Twitter trolls going right now? <laughs> well, I think that the trendy thing is to just be outraged at anything (laughs) (laughs) fair yeah yeah the twitter outrage is kind of the trend they're just we're searching for everything and there's there's been some you know and the tour pros have have given us um some fuel for that fire for sure with uh you know sergio in saudi arabia with the whole green damaging thing and then the kucher caddy thing and the backstopping thing and then 
Bryson thing. He hacked the trunk out of a bunker at Riviera, and then he stabbed this the practice green <laughs> in Mexico. And it's just Twitter's <laughs> just been feasting on it. It's wild. But I mean, so here's a hot take. I think it's great, like that these guys do terrible things sometimes because you know if they didn't, we'd have nothing to talk about. We'd be complaining that the tour is vanilla, and you know we always you always need some villains and guys to hate on and things to talk about. So. I'm glad that these guys show some emotion and do questionable things sometimes. It's, I mean, the PGA Tour is a entertainment product, you know, and, and that's what it is. So we have to look at it that way. And um, as much as it gets guys riled up, I mean, it, it kind of makes, you know, Twitter, uh, at, at times it makes it insufferable, but at times it makes it kind of fun as well. So, I mean, I think it's good that there's crazy things happening. It, it stirs the pot. Yeah. I feel like I'm turning like uh, on TMZ every time I turn the, the TV on it to turn on golf. It's something else that's going on. Is it the backstopping? Is it, yeah, the Kuchar caddy oh, thing? But like, oh, man. I know. It's, and people get like they just get so riled up over it it's <laughs> so unbelievable like i think the kuchar thing is is kind of dead now but um in this backstopping thing on the lpga that that came about it's just man people just get really fired up so i think i think it's blown a little bit out of proportion but <laughs> um yeah it gives us something to talk about i guess all right i need to ask you three things cuz they all came to mind as you were talking there so i want your i don't know one one or two favorite players on tour one or two favorite villains on tour or aka guys that you really don't like um and your take on how the new rule changes are i guess unfolding on tour all right well favorite players is easy i'm a i'm a big cat guy Uh, i'm always i'm always going full tiger fanboy um i'm not trying to hide that um i'm i'm hoping for a rory resurgence this year totally agree with that i i'm starting to root for him more than i used to i don't know why you know he seems i don't know i'm getting a little worried about him this is a big year for him i think he needs to break through and and win another major and he's just been getting destroyed on sundays recently like at the tour championship you know it looked like he was just fully out of testosterone playing next to tiger and just <laughs> melted away mm-hmm. like he's yeah he's looking a bit neutered right now on on sundays and i'm kind of craving a bit of sunday magic and not you know the sunday 63 from any wins out of nowhere like he did at bay hill last year or like he's done at quail hollow before um, you know, I want him right in the mix going into Sunday and, and stand up to that challenge and, and do it. I, I want to see it, but I'm getting worried it's not going to happen. <laughs> he's given us a lot of reasons to doubt him, even yeah. though he's playing good golf. I mean, he, he played good enough this past week to win a golf tournament. He was, what, 16 under par? Yeah, I think he was 16 under par. Yeah. A lot of weeks, a lot of weeks, he's, he beat the rest of the field by five besides dj i mean he's winning a golf tournament but at the end of the day he still you know couldn't get it couldn't get it done on sunday so but yeah those are those are the two guys i'm well i'm always looking to tiger to do well um i i think he's gonna win the masters this year have a big year Ooh. Um, but that could just that could just be the fanboy in me talking <laughs> i like that i like that now the two guys you really don't like on tour um well patrick reed is really easy um, <laughs> yes true i don't even know I, I do i have to explain that 
No, no, no. Yeah, we can just go on to number two. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, who else do I not like? I used to be on Poulter a lot. I still am sometimes, but I also kind of respect his passion in the Ryder Cup and that. So you know, it's hard to harp on him all the time, but he does still get to me once in a while. And who else? I don't know. Those are the two. Those are the two main guys. I think Leah would completely agree with those two yeah. guys. Am I yeah. wrong, Leah? Yeah. <laughs> not wrong at all. <laughs> yeah, those those are the main ones. All right. Um, now, who's Beth's favorite player on tour? Beth. Well, I force her to cheer for Tiger, obviously. Force her. Twist her rubber arm yeah uh who i don't know she she's sort of week to week she's actually she's pretty hard on rory she thinks rory's just mailing it in these days doesn't care about golf is just kind of going through the motions you know he's married now all that stuff he's actually he's played his best golf as a as a single man it seems like every time he gets hooked up he his game goes to to crap but (laughs) yeah i was thinking about that on the weekend (laughs) yeah i don't know if there's a real correlation there if he gets a bit complacent and is happy with with life which is a good thing thing and he doesn't need the golf to be happy i don't know if, if that's a thing but yeah she's really hard on rory but yeah she i don't know she likes a lot of guys she likes the nice guys you know the guys that seem that seem genuinely nice and like cooch you know don't slam their yeah like like <laughs> cooch although well yeah like i don't know I, think, I still think cooch is a nice guy i mean i don't know he might maybe be a little bit out of touch with you know reality and finances and stuff but that doesn't mean just because he's had success and has tons of money doesn't mean he's a bad guy so (laughs) true yeah okay let's talk a little bit more about beth i'm curious so man your first golf trip together was to pebble beach like that's that's heavy stuff how did the two of you eat so yeah we actually met at work she we're, we're both engineers and she's an environmental engineer i'm a civil engineer so we work in different departments so we don't actually work together but we work in like in the same building on different floors and a good friend of mine used to work in in her division so he's the one who introduced us uh, at a christmas party and i sort of knew that she golfed i didn't know to what extent or whatnot and so i kind of stalked her in the parking lot one day <laughs> after work <laughs> and sort of like accidentally ran into each other and just said oh like maybe we should go it was like in i don't know march or something like that and i'm like oh maybe we should go golfing this spring so uh yeah i invited her out golfing and uh, a friend of mine came along to sort of chaperone things and (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, one thing kind of led to another and all of a sudden we're at you know Pebble Beach you know getting uh, serious so that's awesome that's kind of the Coles Notes version well I was gonna I was gonna say Josh any anytime you find out a girl anyways this is this is maybe just how I operate I don't know but anytime you find out a girl golf it's just an automatic like whole an eye-opener like oh I gotta know who this girl is like I want to play with oh yeah it's definitely definitely piques your interest that's for sure (laughs) I mean it's it's certainly not everything but you know it's like that those extra couple points that can sometimes tip the scales (laughs) one and so I kind of mentioned earlier like I haven't been able to get my girlfriend out on the golf course just yet dating yeah. for six years and maybe we've hit two buckets of small range balls but uh, oh, wow. what's it yeah what's it was it like getting to actually play play this game with your life partner and how has it kind of uh, influenced your relationship yeah I I think it's great. It's a really cool thing to be able to share. And, you know, when we travel, are able to plan some golf games 
together. Uh, it's really great. I think it's motivated us both to get better as well. She's a good player. I think she was a eight or nine handicap when we first started dating and we started getting some lessons together and whatnot. And her handicap's actually lower than mine right now. She's down to a three. Holy wow. so yeah, she is a good player. Like, she's, yeah, she's relentless. So, <laughs> and it, so, it, and it, so it motivates me, not like I have any issues at all with my wife beating me, but I mean, I'm a competitive person, so I don't want it to happen all the time. So it, it motivates me to work on my game as well. So I think it's mutually you know, beneficial to our golf games um, to sort of push each other and to be able to play at a similar level is, is kind of nice too. We can, if we want to have a match, we can have a match and not worry too much about handicap strokes or hurting someone's feelings we can sort of just go out there and try and play as best as we can and and then the winner can rub it in after yeah exactly yeah she and she's a hell of a golfer i had the opportunity to golf with both of you oh man 2014 that's almost five yeah. years ago holy Drum cow <laughs> drumheller right yeah she yeah. can crush the ball too like she is she is impressive yeah and she's definitely improved since then she can she can get it out there a little farther now and yeah speaking of fred tino uh, you mentioned him earlier that's who we get instruction from as well and he's really tapped into her potential and got her hitting it a lot further and a lot more consistently that's awesome now here's the the question of the night from twitter does beth still pick your golf outfits Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's probably not a bad thing, though, right, Josh? It's not a bad thing. I mean, <laughs> I leave the house looking way better than I would otherwise. So well, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's to my benefit. <laughs> Actually, at uh, at the buying show, Fred and I had a good good laugh. Actually, he's bought well, not him, but the the Calgary Golf and Country Club has purchased a bunch of original penguin golf. So like total flashback to the 70s. Ooh. Yeah. So oh, wait yeah. till you see some of those pieces come in. You're gonna, well, I don't know if Beth will approve yeah. or not. I, I don't know how I feel about some of the shirts, but everyone seems to love them. So oh, yeah, we'll I mean, have to check them out. yes, for sure. Uh, now, speaking of the Calgary Golf and Country Club, you've been a yes. member there for quite some time. I, I believe if I can recall our conversation back in 2014 correctly, Beth's family um, originally has a membership there or something yeah. along those lines, right? Yeah her, yeah, her grandfather was a member way back in the day. So yeah, so then her, her dad took up membership as well and she's carrying it on as well as a, as a daughter of a member. And now I'm a spousal member, what they like to call skirts at the club <laughs> so weird <laughs> <I'm a skirt. laughs> so what's it like being the skirt at the club josh that's yeah, great uh, i mean it's a great golf course for one it's an old willie park jr uh design scottish architect for those who don't know um it's really fun really fun course to play don't really get tired of playing it and i don't know everyone's really nice there you know a lot of people associate private clubs with being snobby or unwelcoming and stuff like that but i felt unbelievably welcome there you know even as a spousal member and the people there are just really nice and fun to play golf with and it, it's it's really great and no one there's a lot of really su successful people who are members there and you know you would never know it you know you play golf with some of these people and you have to you know pry it out of them to find out what they do for a living or 
you know, <laughs> what company they work for and that they just, they just are there to play golf and have a good time. And it doesn't seem about status or anything like that. It's just, you know, people want to have a good time and make friends and, and play golf. So it's, it's a great place. And, you know, the staff is unbelievable and, you know, the golf professionals are great and it's just, yeah, we're, extremely extremely fortunate to to get to hang our hat there for sure now do they have fairly old traditions there still and and kind of laxed any rules with today's norms with clothing and cell phones and that type of thing or yeah, still- they've, they've, they've adapted a little bit like it used to be a pretty strict cell phone rule like still when you drive into the property i don't know if you've driven in there before but you actually you know as, as soon as you drive in you cross the 14th fairway with your car like on the oh road. wow uh, okay and there's a so there's a stop sign that says watch for golfers because the golfers have the right away and then it also says no cell phones on the property and i mean that's a little bit of an overstatement <laughs> um but there is still no like you can't uh talk on your cell phone unless you're in your car in the parking lot and your cell phone needs to be on silent but they have relaxed the rules on you know some texting or emailing if you need to or you know if you're taking a photo with your phone or whatnot you know as long as it's not sort of disturbing the peaceful environment and i'm i'm for the cell phone rule I mean, I use my phone sometimes to snap a few pictures or, you know, launch the odd tweet or whatever if I need to. But, um, you know, people talking on cell phones or them ringing or vibrating and all that. I mean, you know, I hear that all day at work. I don't need to hear that on the golf course. So I'm I'm all for, you know, the cell phone rule uh, at the golf course. I'm okay with that. Um, and you mentioned dress code as well. There's still a dress code, but I mean, it's, I don't have a huge issue with dress codes on golf courses. It's courses. It's usually not unreasonable. Like, you know, they don't discriminate, you know, how much you spend on your clothes. It's like, if you're wearing some sort of golf short and your shirt's tucked in, I mean, you're fine. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not that difficult or you you don't have to buy a $150 golf shirt to meet the dress code. So I, I don't find like, and I dress like even before dress codes were even a thing I like I grew up playing a a small town muni in Saskatchewan nine holes and people play there in jeans and you can do whatever you want but you know I grew up watching Tiger and these guys and I wanted to tuck my shirt in and kind of look like them and be a golfer and so I mean I'd be tucking my shirt in and whatnot anyway uh, regardless of a dress code so I I don't even think about the dress code (laughs) for sure all right well I think Ryan might have some rapid fire questions for you. We're going to wrap it. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up, Josh. Um, kind of theme it to golf life in Alberta, as the podcast suggests. So we'll try and go through this as quickly as possible. Um, and maybe we judge your answers or, or maybe Leah and I have something that we'd like to comment on. But first question, uh, favorite course to play in Alberta? I would say... Oh, I'm going to be a homer. I'll say Calgary Golf and Country Club. <laughs> okay. I've kind of figured that was coming. So I thought, um, what is your favorite mountain um, course to play, considering we get spoiled with the, the views of the uh, the Rockies? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Banff Springs on this one and a very close second to Jasper. Two amazing Stanley Thompson courses that yeah, I could I could play both of those every day and not get tired of them. Uh, course you're most interested to play but haven't? So I haven't been up to Wolf Creek yet. Um, I'm intrigued by those Ooh. courses. 
So that's on the list. And this is a, a private course, but a course I'm dying to play is Blackhawk Golf Club up in Edmonton. Um, I've heard it's, well, a lot of people say it's one of their, who have played it, say it's one of the better courses in Alberta. So I'm itching to play there if I can weasel my way on somehow. <laughs> well, I feel that Blackhawk's always ranked like top 10, even in, uh, like if not Alberta, top 10 in, in yeah. Canada sometimes. So that's not mm-hmm. bad for not bad for Edmonton, where it's a little flatter and the views are maybe not of mountains, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard nothing but great things about it. Next question: In your opinion, what's Alberta's hidden gem that maybe people don't know about, or maybe should go visit? Alberta's hidden gem. Well, it's not hidden to the people who live out west, but Canmore Golf and Curling Club is a really great play. Um, I know they're busy because they have an active membership out there, but for people in Calgary, it's well worth a day trip out there. It's, you know, really walkable, playable course. And another one of my favorites, too, that it's really busy, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about it is Darcy Ranch down in Pocokes, just south of Calgary. I really, really love playing Darcy Ranch. Oh, don't worry, oh. Darren. Darren talked about that one all the time. Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> Ask him about the round where he almost got two hole in one. <laughs> I, I can understand why he likes it then. <laughs> um, when can we see you on the golf tour <laughs> <laughs> yeah i knew this one was coming um i've, I've been promising leah for uh, at least a couple years now that i would be out for an event so i think this 2019's got to be the year right how how's the schedule looking well josh we just so happen to have a two-day event at wolf creek where we play each course oh. each day so i mean oh, the stars have um, aligned and and i mean <laughs> it's also it's it's a match play event so like this is oh really has Josh written all over it. Love match play. That's kind of like my my specialty. But... I know, I know. <laughs> I was thinking of you when I made that event, obviously. <laughs> That's awesome. So this is actually a good segue into the next question. Of golf-specific goals for the 2019 season. We've already talked about you playing in an ADT event. Is there anything else maybe that you're looking to accomplish? Yeah, well, definitely getting out to an AGT event. The, the club championship at the Calgary Golf and Country Club is always circled on my calendar. I'd obviously like to win win that one year uh, if we're talking results based stuff and you know besides that this year I'm kind of taking the approach of just I don't want to say not caring but just sort of being a little bit more relaxed out there and taking it one round at a time and just just trying not to worry about things too much just go play golf and you know there's only so much you can control and th- that's about it final question for you Ed, because we are the golf life Alberta podcast what does golf life Alberta mean to you? What does golf life Alberta mean to me? I think it just means getting out there and playing some good golf. Alberta has, we're really spoiled in Alberta. We have a lot of good golf courses. And I think it's just about getting out there and supporting these great places and, and enjoying the scenery. Totally agree with you. Uh, we are spoiled. I think that's one of my goals is kind of every year is to play at least a couple new courses a year and, and just find something new to play and and just a new experience and and just get out there and and yeah just play good golf and good golf doesn't have to mean a good score it just means a good time really is kind of how i'm approaching it as well so i totally agree well thank you so much josh for letting us grill you Uh, (laughs) my pleasure if you wouldn't mind sticking around we've got some mailbag questions and it'd be nice to get your input on those as well 
Sure. Now, you know, we talked about you maybe playing an AGT event for the first time this year. And the first mailbag question is, is perfect because it's relatable to you as well. Uh, we had somebody on Twitter ask what the best advice or tips are for playing in an AGT event as someone who's never played before. Now, he specified he hasn't played any tournament golf. Now, obviously, you have, so there's a little bit of a difference there. I would say that if you have never played tournament golf before and you're interested in seeing what an event is like, make sure when you register that you just fire me off an email and let me know. I haven't, I have no experience with tournament golf. The Alberta Golf Tour does not necessarily, we don't get very strict, maybe in the champ flight we do, but otherwise I'm not very strict about, um, you know, people maybe helping other people learn the rules. And it's not necessarily giving advice, but, you know, I would pair somebody with another person who I know knows the rules and has a history of of helping other people learn what to do when, for example, they hit it into a hazard and they've never actually had to take a, you know, quote unquote, real rule book drop before and they don't know how to mark their two club lengths or they don't know how to determine the point of entry, etc. So we are a non-intimidating way to kind of learn how to play tournament golf. And I think that's the best part about the Alberta golf tour. Ryan, you've played one event before and not a ton of tournament golf, right? Correct. So last year was my first year. I played in the seasoning opening major at Stewart Creek and pretty much exactly what uh, I guess viewer reader uh, Twitterer is asking is, you know, even for someone that's completely new to tournament golf, AGT and, and you Leah hats off to you. You do a great job of kind of making sure everyone is comfortable. Um, regardless of the experience that they have, I I think it's it's a great atmosphere. The players get it right away, and I had nothing but an amazing time. Apart from maybe being a little hungover on my second round, so that kind of interfered with maybe my scoring ability on day two. But uh, no, than, you scored better on day two for the record. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> what I, I'll clarify is I I uh, choked coming in. I think I went uh, on sixteen a double bogey and on 17 a quad or something like that so Ooh, I ran out of gas yeah. so um but yeah again advice tips I mean again Leah you do such a great job with everything it's it's just a matter of no don't go in there with high expectations just go there wanting to have some fun and you won't be disappointed so there you go now you and Josh I expect when you come out that Beth also comes out because we need a girl in the chat flight to kick some ass in there too yeah that would be great I, would, I think I'll be able to drag her out as well for sure perfect yeah. Now we had Jordan who actually used to host what was called the Bogey Talk podcast. He commented on his mailbag question was, let's talk about the cost of 18 holes on an expensive course that's in poor condition versus 18 holes at a course that may not be the most exciting, but is always in good condition. And then a follow-up from there, Jordan Krulicki, he actually used to be one of the assistant pros at the Red Deer Golf and Country Club and is now out of the industry, um, kind of added on, yeah, would you rather pay for views, layout, dramatic shots, or good course conditions? Uh, Josh, take it away. Um, I would, oh, that's a, yeah, that's a tough one. You know, it, it's it's tough when, if the greens aren't in good condition, um, you know, if the fairways are a little rough or, you know, browned out, I'm, I'm totally okay with that or the tee boxes. I would lean towards saying I would rather play interesting layout, like an interesting architectural design that's in a little bit rougher shape than playing, you know, a course that is 
is maybe not so interesting or really penal and in really good shape. You know, I'd rather be challenged with my imagination and, you know, plotting my way around the course. Um, but like I said, I mean, hopefully the greens are okay because, <laughs> you know, putting on really bad frustrating. Absolutely. Um, so that's the one thing. But I mean, you know, whether they're fast or slow is kind of whatever but if they're rolling smooth it's good um but i can make my peace with you know fairways that are a little scrappy and whatnot if if the course is stimulating i i would agree 100 percent with, with you josh i um i think you're paying for good greens more than anything like if we're going to get down to uh how i'm actually going to spend my money but i'd rather play somewhere somewhere with uh, that it requires imagination, like you said, and you know maybe a, a half decent view. Um, I can yeah. get over. I can still have fun. Uh, maybe playing on the not the greatest of greens, but uh, that's something that is stimulating uh, to the eye. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. I and honestly, like Josh has said this a few times already. We're spoiled here in Alberta. There, the majority of the time here, anyways, I find that the courses that have those great views or those dramatic shots also have good course conditions typically i would i would agree with that yeah for the most part i again you would definitely agree with you i uh i kind of wrote this a bit in my article last week was i i play golf courses just to have fun and if it's again a good view i'm in for that and usually a good playlist and a couple of buddies will override anything in regards to course conditions so yes uh, i think in general if you got those courses with good views they're more than likely going to have good course conditions but it's it's not an end of the world thing for me uh and then one last mailbag question i'm not sure who wrote this but it says hashtag kneeler nose is very vague could you be more specific on what you know please thank you in advance what what do you know kneeler uh, I mean, without sounding too cocky, it's everything. But uh, <laughs> it, it started out as kind of like an unofficial way to just kind of get involved in the uh, PJ Tour a little more and go through who was playing that week and, and put my kneeler nose guarantee that this person was going to do well slash win. Um, and now it's just a trendy hashtag that I can literally tie into anything that I want. So Mueller knows a lot about golf. Mueller knows a lot about hockey pools. I think uh, the person <laughs> that asked me, asked me this question knows that all too well. So oh no, uh, it's, it's just something uh, that I can sort of um, brag about a little bit when I need to sound a little confident myself. Yeah. Okay. That it was my husband that asked the question. I, I'll tell the rest of the viewers that or the listeners that. <laughs> Now, I don't want to do too big of a rule segment. I just want to touch on one because Ricky really likes to make all these rules really dramatic for us lately. He got another penalty this weekend. Um, Ryan, did you happen to see what happened to Ricky or were you too busy playing pond hockey? No, I made sure to uh, do my research before today. So I do know what we're talking about. So I'm struggling with this. So yeah, I mean, Ricky obviously is not a fan of this rule change. And we've talked, I think, on almost every podcast already this season about how awkward it is to drop from the knee and the argument of, you know, maybe rewriting the rule is from the knee or higher might make a little bit more sense. Josh, what's your take on the new drop rule from the knee? Yeah, I think the new drop rule is terrible. Like you said, and it's been said a lot on, on 
Twitter and Golf Channel and all this stuff that there's no, I mean, Ricky got penalized for dropping it in a way that hurt him, really. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. so he, got, yeah. he got double penalized. He dropped it from sh- shoulder height, which is, you know, harder to control or harder to pick out the tuft of grass you're trying to drop it on or whatever it may be. And then plus he got a penalty. It's completely ridiculous. I don't understand the logic behind the rule. Maybe they're trying to avoid uh, redrops by getting you closer to the ground. But, you know, why not just do knee and up? Someone can just drop it from the height that they're comfortable with and move on. I I, I don't think avoiding redrops is some sort of thing uh, that is affecting pace of play in golf i don't i don't think that has anything to do with the pace of play issues we have so i I don't really get it but i think that's one they definitely need to change yeah for sure ryan what's your take on this one uh i think just in general i the pga tour is probably going to have to look at themselves in the mirror i don't know when you can implement probably have to wait till whatever off season um uh the the tour has but i think they're gonna have to start adjusting these things right away. Um, they're not working. Uh, the pros are outraged. Like I said, it's like we're turning on TMZ every single weekend. Um, it's just, it's not helping. Uh, the pros aren't uh, happy about it. So I think it's just more, more than just the, the dropping from the knee, but a few of the other rules as well that need to be rethought maybe, especially now that we have a good sample size of, of tournaments to draw from. Yeah. And I mean, dropping from the shoulder, we have all had that rule ingrained in us since we started playing golf. It's really hard to just all of a sudden not do something that you've been doing for 30 plus years. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's ingrained, it's habit. And it's really hard to remember to change something like that. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, each tournament, you know, the PGA tour is a little bit more professional than, than the Alberta golf tour. I'll give it that, but you know, it's forcing me to look at the Alberta golf tour and our local rules that we have and see where I need to make my own you know, committee rules or, or local rules that on my own rule sheet to help avoid crap like this. Cause even at the schedule release party this weekend, you know, I had one guy say like, I can't wait for one person to try and call me out on dropping from the shoulder. I'll tell them to go I mean, I get it. It's, it's silly. And so, you know, now it's forcing me to probably have to implement several more of my own local rules just to avoid the stupidity that is the new rule book. And not only the, you know, the dropping and all of that, but like they've completely changed the rule book. You know, I had a quick conversation on Twitter with a pro uh, from Calgary as well. And he talked about the ball moving on the green. He's like, oh, blah, 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 rule 18. And I'm like, eh, actually, that's now rule nine. Even he didn't know, and he's a golf pro. Like, everyone has to relearn what the rules are and, like, actually relearn what number of rule it now is in the book. It's insane. They did not make this any less confusing like they were supposed to. The only reason maybe that I would like to keep the uh, – uh, or keep you from making your own rules, Leah, is we could get more slugger Leah rolling up to groups to explain rules. <laughs> oh I think that would be – I think that'd just be fun to see because I can see you probably ripping your hair out trying to understand uh, the rules and how to properly enforce them in the middle of an AGT event. Ryan, you have been to one AGT event and you have had to witness Slugger Leah driving backwards through all of the groups ripping her hair out. Is that really 
something that you want to continue seeing? Well, as long as I'm not the one in trouble, I, I guess I'm okay. That's true. Uh, it's so. not your group that I yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I think that was a pretty fun episode. Josh, it was awesome. And thank you so much for joining us for the whole thing. Yeah, my pleasure. I, I really enjoyed it as well. Thanks for having me on. Josh, I'm going to slide into your DMs later and we'll <laughs> set up that slide, uh, set up that mandate that uh, I was hoping <laughs> that maybe, you know, we could do over the summer sometime. Uh, I think we could arrange something. Perfect. Well, we would love to have you back to maybe, maybe closer to the masters. Talk a little bit about that and, and what your picks are besides tiger, obviously. Besides it's always tiger, but uh, (laughs) I probably expand a little bit. (laughs) Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Josh and everybody. We will see you next week and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at golf life, a B and check out the website at golflifeab.com.